Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The loud frequency coming from your radio is not a mistake. Do not turn off your radio, but instead turn up your radio as loud as it can go. Do this so we can broadcast this frequency as loud as possible. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome to Game Stuff. I am the Grounded Gamer, or some of you might know me as Corey. But with me today, we have just Joe. Because you know what? We don't need anybody else. This is the Game Stuff. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. So as you guys know, for people that are first time here, uh, this is uh, a podcast that is a conversational podcast by gamers for gamers. Um, with that, we talk about games, obviously, every single week. Um, this week, we're going to keep it very short uh, with what we've been playing. I know we missed that uh, a while ago, so we're just going to keep it very short because there's not much to talk about because really all I've been playing, Joe, is that ghost, Ghost of Tsushima. What a, what a glorious game. I talked about it a lot last week when Andy was on the show or a couple weeks back. You guys need to go listen to that of why I think this game is so great. I beat it. Um, I really want to actually re-beat it again. I really hope they do give us the option for New Game Plus. I want to play it. I, I just want to go it. back to it. Yeah. yeah, I think I think it's definitely a game I'll pick up eventually, but I have so many of those type of games to play. Like, I really need to finish Bloodborne, like, really bad. I'm just stuck, and I have no idea where to go. So I think what I'm going to do next week is I'm going to post like a comment about like where i am in bloodborne and how i'm lost and i need help and if anybody out there can help me you know be greatly appreciated because i have no fucking clue where i'm supposed to go true enough true enough i mean that is one of the thing that it's it's interesting how i know all this week you've heard nothing but me and in brandon uh play this game and i know that you've had to sit there in our playstation parties and we're describing this game and how great it is and then we have andy come on the show and tell us how great this game is and you know it's okay. It's it's not like a game that's like on my list of like games I need to play right away. It's just yeah. on my list of games I want to play. Oh, exactly. But um, the so we're not going to talk about that game too much. You guys need to listen to two episodes back when we had Andy from Dual Screens on the show, where we we actually went into a little bit more depth of that game. Um, also, too, um, I talked a little. I think if I'm correct. We talked about a little bit on in our pass or play episode, or we will be talking about more in depth on pass or play on the next episode of pass or play. Uh, when we have that coming up in the next following week, uh, for you guys. So don't forget to watch that with, um, we're going to have it come out just at the end of the open beta for PS4. Cause we're going to give you guys our opinions on that. And if you should pass it or play it, because that's what the show is all about. So the other game that I know me and Joe have both been playing, and this game kind of took the world by storm. It took me by storm. Um, some would say it also took me off the edge and made me fall. That game is Fall Guys on PS4 for the PS Plus title this month. Joe, I mean, I'll let you talk about this this game I mean... of craziness. I'm not much for playing multiplayer games, 
But I have to say, like, Fall Guys is a game that I want to keep playing. Uh, it's a really fun game. If you guys are familiar with, like, MXC or XMC, was it MXC or XMC? MX, MXC. Yeah, MXC. Uh, it was, like, this game show in Japan that they brought over here and dubbed over. And basically, it, it, it was craziness. Like, people would open doors. And, like, you wouldn't know if it was, like, a door that would open or you'd smash into the door and fall into water. And that's the whole game. That's the whole premise of the game. It's just wacky Japanese mischief. And I'm really, I'm really loving it. Like, I didn't, I didn't think I would like it as much as I actually do. Uh, well, it's and pretty, it's a, it's got it, a lot to it, too. Yeah, well, and it's a battle royale game, which makes it even more of a, it, it's, it's weird because it's that first battle royale experience where it doesn't feel like a battle royale. Like, I actually feel okay putting this in the title of battle royale. I mean, it's a 60 person free for all. Yeah. Yeah. And the cool thing, I mean, for people that haven't watched MXC, because that's a little bit older, it, it kind of reminds me of like Wipeout and things like that, where it's just crazy obstacle courses that you have to go through. And it tests your skills on every single one of them to to work with. And the cool thing I love about it um, is you can squad up. And if you ever have a team match and all your squad has made it through, you actually, it does uh, put you with your squad of four. So automatically, you're always going to play with your friends in a in team matches. But when it comes to those single events, uh, you will have to play against your friends as well. So, I mean, if you guys haven't picked this up, it's a PlayStation Plus title. Like, you need to. This game needs to be picked up. You need to play it. Um, now that the finally the servers, I think, are lasting more than 20 minutes before they crash. Because they had 1.2 million people play this in the first 24 hours. Um, this game is goddamn amazing and crazy, and everybody needs to play this game. Yeah, I so wish Joe, I, I wish we got like Roberto and Kalai on there to play this because I think they would enjoy it a lot. I mean, we did have Andy from Game Stuff play with. Uh, he played with me for a bit. Andy from um, what? From what show? Sorry, from Dual Screens. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> It's it's so hard. I mean, he was on game stuff. So but dual screens, Andy from dual screens. Uh, shout out to those guys. They're always putting out great content. And uh, he was on there. We were having a ball. So that's always fun. Joe, what have you been playing this week outside of Fall Guys? Because I mean, you're you've been really pushing the numbers. I know we, we have the backlog beat down. We don't I'm sorry, guys, we don't have the numbers for that this week. So um, we're just uh, kind of going off what we got. But I know, Joe, you've been we kind of started a new thing today. Um, if you want to talk a little bit about that with the backlog and then what you've been playing. Oh yeah. So I, we, I mean, everyone's part of the backlog beatdown. Unfortunately, Kalai is the only person with access to the actual top, like the list of like, who's on top of the backlog beatdown. So I can, I can make it very brief. Uh, it's probably JT in first place, uh, me in second place. And I think either, I think resident Dale's in third. Uh, and everybody else is behind us by a lot. And I'm behind JT by a lot. Um, But more alluding to what Corey was saying, I kind of started my own thing, and Corey, we started our own thing today, kind of similar to what the Loop Bros did on their last episode where they did a backlog draft. Mine's a little similar with a little different rules. I used a D100 die, and I drafted a game. Uh, I drafted one last night when I beat a game, and I drafted one live on Facebook Live. I don't know if you saw that, Corey. I did. Um, actually, just before we started recording, it was funny. I was like, where is Joe at? I'm like, I wonder what he's up to. And then all of a sudden, I see you posting a video about how you had to count through it. And then Tricky was watching. 
and I and counted wrong. Like, yeah, you counted it. wrong. Yeah, and you're like, oh, th- there you go. I got Dead Rising, and then, and then you're like, oh wait, it was eighty one, not eighty three. Oh man, I got Valkyrie Chronicles uh, HD, which. I was actually thinking in response that I'm like, hey, that's actually a game we both have. So maybe I'll uh, take you up on trying to see if adding it to my five, make it a six and uh, see about doing that. Because I did that as well. Um, mine was a little bit more weirder because I did it through my trophy list, which um, I mean, obviously, it'd be a lot easier to do it on a bookshelf. <laughs> but uh, I ended you know up. What, the, I, I actually Witcher, I actually which... I actually think going forward, I'm going to make a spreadsheet. I'm actually going to take the time, put every game in the spreadsheet because I want to include my digital games and just randomly sprinkle them in there. Exactly. Well, and that's where that's why I did it through my trophy list, because it was games I had started, but not yet beat, because that's a big thing. Backlog are games that usually you've started this year or something like that. So that's why I was going off my trophy list. But I'm going to definitely have to probably follow suit with you. But uh, what did you play this week, Joe, for your actual games? Like, give us some hints and tricks. Or just games. Um, this week, I mostly played. Uh, I played Modern Warfare Remastered Two, the camp, the Final Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two Remastered campaign. Uh, I actually just beat it, like right before we started recording. It's kind of what delayed our recording tonight. And uh, wow, it's a really good remaster. You guys should check it out if you haven't. Uh, Corey, have you ch- have you checked that out at all yet? Um, I haven't actually checked out playing that. I played the first one when they brought out Modern Warfare One Remastered. Um, I played that. Beat I mean, that, so yeah. I mean, I played it's that about yeah. the same. So, yeah, I played that too. I love the first game. It's probably one of my favorite PlayStation games. The second like, one's the big one, though. Yeah, I mean, it's got Soap McTavish and you know, um, Captain. Uh, what's his face? Oh, God. Captain Pierce. Yeah, Captain Pierce and uh, Ghost. So it's got the best cast. I mean. Man, you play He's amazing. Play Silk McTavish, man. You're, you're a freaking awesome, like, war guy. There's not much more to say. I mean, what can you say? I mean, I got 24% of the trophies done in one playthrough without even trying to get trophies. So, like, this whole, like, not trying to get trophies has been earning me more trophies than actually trying to get trophies, which is kind of weird. Well, I think it's because you actually earn you you play more games, right? Like doing the backlog beatdown, we're just playing more games. So then you're here's the cool thing, though. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. But here's the cool thing: like trophies are becoming fun again because they're just popping. I'm not actually seeking out to pop them. Yeah, well, that's the big thing too, and I find that I like it because um, I feel like after I beat a game, I accomplish something. Where. When I feel like I'm trophy hunting, the problem I think we both were running into as well is that when you're trophy hunting, the first thing you do before you play a game is you look at the trophies, right? You always go, okay, what trophies are with this? Like, am I going to miss things? Am I going to do this? Where, like, for example, you played The Last of Us 1, right? Like, that. I think we didn't talk about, I think, I can't remember if we talked about it on the last show about you beating it. But I just think if you had to sit there and you're like, because if I know Trophy Joe, if Trophy Joe wanted to play that game, he would have went, okay, I'm going to do a walkthrough so I could collect everything on the first walkthrough. <laughs> yeah, which and would I take think... forever because those intels take forever to find. Or it just takes forever for them to pop up in the videos. Like, if I'm just playing this on, like, Recruit or, like, if I'm playing it on just, like, Casual or whatever, then, like, Normal, like, I'm just running through the game and I'm not stopping. I'm just shooting everything and moving forward. I beat this game in three sittings. I beat four games in the past two weeks. I'm getting back on my grind. Like, I'm not effing around anymore. Well, yeah, but what I was going to say is with Last of Us, I was more talking about the idea of um, 
if you were to use a walkthrough and play The Last of Us, I don't think you would have had the impact at the end that you did. Well, knowing what was coming, right? Well, I wouldn't have known what was coming because the way I played the the way I played um, The Last of Us in the beginning is I kind of played a walkthrough where I played the game, but at the same time, I was watching a video of where the collectibles were, so I'd pause it every time I picked up the next collectible. Gotcha. So like I never I, I never watched ahead of where I was. Yeah. I guess that that's a good way of doing it. I mean, tip for everyone out there. Anything else, Joe, that you played this week that you, before dude, we get uh, into our topic of the show? <laughs> there's a ton, dude. Um I don't know if anybody well, I it would just be you today. I don't know if you checked out Power Rangers Battle for the Grid, but I beat that this week too. Um that was actually a really good fighting game. Um it's Power Rangers and fighting and it's like it's like the anniversary fighting game for Power Rangers, kind of like the one that came out for, I think, like PS2 or like DS, where they had an anniversary fighting game. Um, it's it's a squad-based three-on-three, kind of like um, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 yeah. um, fighter. So basically what happens is you pick three Power Rangers or villains, and then they pick three Power Rangers villains. Online's pretty tight. Um Actually, I like it for online. I actually really good at it online. I'm like level one. I'm almost level 100, which the way the levels work is like every time you kill or every time you level up, you get that many levels on your actual level. So the level your level is based on your character's levels combined. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So I have 91 levels right now combined with all my power rangers and villains. Yeah. So like the, the max trophy, like for doing like levels is 700 levels. Jeez, that's a lot exactly. of levels. Exactly, and you only gain levels playing online. Oh, okay. And so, then and then you said that was um you got that on PS Now, right? Yeah, actually, yeah. If you guys have PS Now, you can check it out. It's free. Um the, the story campaign was absolutely fantastic. So, for those of you who don't know, Power Rangers Battle for the Grid is based on the comic of the same name, Power Rangers Battle for the Grid, which was a comic book that was put out, I believe, by Dark Horse Comics if I'm not mistaken. I know Daryl or somebody will correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's Dark Horse. And they put out a series of Power Ranger comics where, um, spoilers, um, Tommy is actually like, he turns into a Lord Dracon, and he's basically like, if Tommy were, were to like destroy the Power Rangers, kind of like in the beginning with the green candle, it kind it's kind of like that, but to a much, so basically he's trying to take out all the Rangers one by one, take their morphers and like take the morphing coin and like merge it into him somehow. And he gets more powerful. So it's pretty cool story. Uh, I was, I'm digging it. Like I was, I was digging it. I definitely, I destroyed it. Um, What else? I beat devil may cry three this week. So what a great game that is, dude, I'm on a tear. I beat, yeah, I beat four games in a week and uh, five games in the last two weeks. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly, making my or not slowly i'm quickly making my way to 60 games finished this year i mean i'm at i think i think with the game i just finished i'm either at 54 games completed a year or 55 so yeah well no and i know you have a big trick for that too like it's something i've kind of adapted that i'm taking on and i noticed that i do actually beat more games uh because of that reason i also find that i don't um get bored of certain games uh you want to talk do you want to talk about that you can you can actually yeah yeah, because yeah, what Joe does, just so you guys know, he basically has his list of five games. Now, the way Joe works it is most of those games, uh, 
most games nowadays in general have chapters or they have worlds or they have like Level, levels, levels or whatever you know like or missions right and so what joe actually does is he does a mission or a world or a level or a thing every day out of every single one of his five games or six games that he has so it gets it where because it's an, an objective based thing joe usually every single day does those and then sometimes he does it where it's like okay well devil may cry i'm only two levels away i might as well beat that game um like, I mean, I see you kill kill it all the time. And I started doing that because um, I picked up the Crash and Spyro bundle and a bunch of other games, which put me on a lot of negatives. And it, it seems like a lot. It's like, oh, my goodness, I have like sick. I have nine new games now. Like, what am I supposed to do? But when you break it down to, OK, I'll just do one world or one level a day. It really makes it actually seem not that much of to do, especially when you break it down like that, for sure. I mean, if you do one level and crash a day, there's only like, I think, four or five worlds in the whole game. You did in five yeah. days. Well, if you do a world a day, yeah. And it could be the entire series in like 15 days, give it like 18 days. Yeah, yeah. you beat the whole, beat three games in a month. Yeah, and if you do crash, if you just spiral at the same time, then you beat six games in a month. I mean, it's a pretty decent strategy. I mean, it's always worked for me to keep me, keep my like 80, 80 ADHD in check. Where I'm kind of like, hey, like I need to focus on these. Like this is what I'm doing right now. This is what needs to be finished right now. I'm gonna work on these right now. Everything else kind of gets put to the side, and you know, you just rock and roll from from here on. And sometimes it's hard to just step away and not not play other things. But I kind of just try to keep myself disciplined. Like this is what's going on right now. This is what's on my plate. Like let's just stick with what we're playing and try and get it done. Um. I have to say the game that stayed in my five the longest is probably Lego Avengers and Final Fantasy VII Remake. I was say Final Fantasy VII Remake's been there for a while. Yeah, well, it's been there since April. Yeah. Lego's been there way longer, though. Lego's probably been there since January. That's crazy. I know for me... Um... It's, just hard to, it's just hard to get into the Lego games Like sometimes. Yeah. You have to really be the mood. Like This one actually has a really good story. I don't know if you play Lego Avengers. It pretty much goes from like the first Avengers movie all the way through to Age of Ultron. Oh, okay. So it, it, yeah, so it encapsulates a large like gambit of the Avengers series. Well, I have the Star Wars one, and I know I played that for a bit, and I was like, I, I understand where like, especially because being older, I guess maybe it's not as like fant like fantastic, or it's not like as like, oh, these are so cool. It's like. They're neat games. They're great out how they do it. The story makes it funner, like how they add the comedy bits. I always find are hilarious. I mean, they've um, only got better with age, like because think of it, like yeah. the older ones were were funny because the Legos were like making crazy noises. They didn't talk. Like now, they've actually like just put put Putting the voiceovers. They just yeah. put the voiceovers from the actual movies in the games. So now, why do some not... of them have comedy sticks t skits too? Like sometimes they have like third party characters that just make like yeah. But like... I remember how like it used to be so much more slapstick than it is now, and I know people. Oh like, yeah. Like, but now it's kind of like toned a down. A little. It's toned down a little. It's more. It's more like they're more adaptations of the movie. Like, um, real quick, where what's your favorite Lego game you've ever played out of all of them? I haven't played many, so it's really I played so many I I can't even count them all. I'll um, say like let me see I've played Star Wars. I've played I think let me just it's just Star Wars. No, I've played more than just the Star Wars one. I think I played Star Wars and I played the Marvel because the Marvel Avengers one was free at one point I think. I think I played that once for like a couple minutes. 
Did you play? I played all the demos. I mean, did you did you play Jurassic Park, Jurassic World? No. Lego Jurassic World. That if no. that goes on sale again for seven dollars, I suggest you pick it up because it's absolutely phenomenal Lego game. It's probably the best. It's probably my favorite. That and Indiana cool. Jones. We'll definitely have to look at that when it comes into play. But now that we've gone through on what we've been playing, we're going to go into the topic of the week. Now, the great thing is, is, you know, we decided with all these conferences going on and us moving into the next gen. I mean, you guys have been listening to a lot of news stuff. And we thought, let's make today an episode about just talking about something that's unique to us. Um, You guys can do the same thing on your show or with your friends. Um, you know what the topic of this week is, you know, what new IPs came out this generation that, you know, really made a big impact on us or just made a change in the industry as well. Um, I've made an entire list of like 25, 30 different IPs, um, that have come out. I know we probably won't talk about all of them in depth, but, um, I really wanted to like definitely have a conversation about some of them. So, um, Probably the best way to do this, Joe, is I'm just going to go down my list. If we feel we want to talk about it, we'll talk about it. Um, Now, I will say right away, after some going through the council with some people, um, I am going to add Control back into the new IP list. Now, Uh, Control, yeah, so this is one where both Andy and Joe, so Andy from Dual Screens and Joe, and a couple other people I've talked to, it was their pick of new IP. Um, I personally was like, I don't think it should count because technically it's a sequel of a series like Alan Wake and uh, Quantum Break. But at the exact same time, even though it's a sequel to Alan Wake, really, it's a very different game. It's a different it, it's in the same world, but they had to tell you it was in the same world. It's not like you just knew. So um, we're going to make the rule and say control. Uh, is in there, and uh, Joe, get us start us off with control and your thoughts of you know what made this game so amazing being a new IP this year. So I have to give it, I actually have to give it up to Kali for this one because this is not a game that was on my radar, and I actually scoffed at it when it won Game of the Year because I was like, how the fuck did this one Game of the Year over everything that got nominated last year, and then this kind of one? I was like, right? Are you serious? Like, why did this win? I was like, this is not better than half the games that were nominated last year. And then I played it this year, and I was like, hmm, I was wrong. Uh, the game is fantastic. Um, the shooting's really well done. Like, the mechanics, the game mechanics are great. The story is a little convoluted, but that's, you know, that's part of the course for a Remedy game. Like, you're not going to get a story that's, like, super, like, robust or, like, super coherent. It's going to be all over the place, but that's like uh, like remedy style. So basically, exactly. So basically you play an agent and you have to retake the bureau. You have to retake the control bureau or the bureau of control. I hope I hope I'm right with this plot because I may not be. (laughs) I I, I didn't pay attention for half the game. I mean, the the plot was so convoluted. I just checked out and just played the game. And the game was so good that I didn't care that the plot was convoluted, like the powers the powers you get, like the dodge and the, the flight and um, the projectile, like the telekinesis power where you can like force throw shit like that stuff was awesome, dude. Like the stuff you could do in that game is pretty cool. Uh, it looks beautiful on a, on a base PS4. It must look even more be- awesome on a PS4 Pro, which which is technically what it was made for. 
like it's technically optimized for a PS4 or Pro. Um, yeah, well, that's what I, one thing I was going to mention is um, it runs kind of janky on a PS4. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, but uh, I think um, looking, I never at... had any real issues, but uh, people always complain that it ran like really janky. Yeah, well, I think Control was one of those games where actually it was quite interesting to see a third party company come out and really push the hardware. Usually a lot of the time uh, when we see generations of games or gens come out, uh, especially like we talk about new IPs, uh, we don't usually see a third party company come out and say, we're going to push the PS4 or the Xbox One to its full extent and make it so that this game is like pushed to run on those. Um, and this is kind of the first game that came out where it was pretty demanding. Like people's PS4s were shutting down at the beginning when this yeah, game first uh, came yeah, out. When it first came out, it was like breaking people's speed. Well, not breaking, but like, yeah. And technically, I mean, it was, it was, it was shutting them down. It was making them overheat and just shut yeah. down. And it was well, that's exactly it was crazy. It, right? And no. I was like, well, I talked to Kalai because I know Kalai, um, Kalai wanted to play it on PC because she wanted to play like the most optimal version of it. And I was like, okay, okay. I mean, you have a PS4, why not just play it on there? And she was like, well, I want to play it where it looks the best. And I was like, okay. I mean, I guess. I mean, I don't know why. Yeah, well, that. Yeah, but I mean that that's the one thing. Now, talking about um, graphics and pushing the console and hardware, uh, the first game that was really a new IP of this generation, which um, was Watch Dogs. So. As we all know, um, Watch Dogs came out to um, uh, mixed reviews. Did Watch Dogs come out this generation? Yeah, because it came out on PS4 and Xbox One first. It's not a PS3 game? No. No, Watch Dogs is a PS4 game, but the problem was... It came it was out on the Wii U, so... Did it? I mean, let's double check. I might yeah, be wrong. Yeah, but the Wii U... Jesus I mean, Christ. The Wii U is technically part of this generation anyway, because it was... First oh, console. yeah, I keep on forgetting that it, it was, the was part it was the of first this generation. Con- it was the first console to come out this generation, technically. Nintendo has two consoles in this generation. Which is crazy to think that, like, we when we look at this, we're like, oh, the Wii U, it's like, yeah, and we don't even think about uh, the Wii U as a thing, because you know it came out but i think the big thing about watchdogs and what a lot of people don't remember is that oh it did release for ps3 i am wrong jesus oh, this is so not and it's off the table goodbye it's sir. off the table goodbye okay won't talk should about did, it should, did your research man i i now should you look, have, now I, you look like shit on the show man i know now i look like shit on the show well i know this one did release on next gen so we're going to talk about this it's uh i, I group these all together because I know Joe and me aren't going to talk about much about these games, uh, so I grouped them all together. Uh, Players Unknown Battleground, Fortnite, and Apex Legends. Now, so the- I can talk a lot about Fortnite because there's an interesting story with Fortnite. Um, Corey and I were actually gifted copies of Fortnite um, by our lovely Save the World. Yeah, well, that that's Fortnite. That's it's real. Yeah. It's real Fortnite, and I don't play that shit shitty multiplayer Fortnite. That battle royale garbage. I play real Fortnite. That's right. That's right, kids. There was an actual Fortnite game, not this garbage that's, that you played. That's play. good. Yeah, yeah, it was exactly. very good. I'm very mad that it got pretty much shafted for. Yeah, the battle, battle royale, royale, which that that was the reason why I bunched these together. Right, is kind of we had the birth of battle royales this generation. So I would I would say, Corey, I would say we we both spent a considerable amount of time playing Fortnite when it first when it was in beta. Oh, 100%. I mean, we probably put, I think we probably I probably put in like 40 or 50 hours. 
Oh, easily. easily we beat, we beat like half. Sa- we beat like half of save them save the world. We should we really just... go back and beat that, but I mean, once we again, like, you, we you look at it, it's like a hundred and something hours just to beat that. And I'm I mean, like, if we oh, play a, if we play like a town a day, though, we'd beat it in like two years, if it, if it stays up for two years. I mean, we'll see. They're supporting it, so. But I mean, yeah, that was the big thing. Uh, Fortnite battle players unknown battleground came out. It was this big giant thing that everyone so was I, playing. So that came before Fortnite, right? That was technically the so. First... Yeah, so players unknown battleground was on PC and beta. Yes, and everyone and then was like, it, oh, man, it's the greatest game ever. Yeah, and then Fortnite was the first Battle Royale game to come to console. And that's and this is what I find funny, is this is the first generation where, uh, for, for years and years and years and years, and generations and generations, it's always been that PC is kind of the place to play. You always want to play on a PC, you never want to play on a console, because consoles are always inferior, blah, 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 all this stuff. But it made you really open your eyes when we watched Players Unknown Battleground, which was the most played game on PC. And I'm just like, you're inferior fucking people. Well, no, no. Well, I mean, but you, you think about it this way. It was the most played game on PC, which when Fortnite came out and all of a sudden released to console. A lot of people thought Fortnite was the inferior game of Battle Royale, but because it was on console. More people played it. It was more accessible. Yeah. And that's the big thing. And I mean, that's where we this this console generation was the first generation we've seen where consoles were kind of the games are coming out to console and then people are hoping it comes to PC, not the other way around where it comes to PC and people hope it comes to console. Right. Like, yeah, everybody wants to play things on a PC nowadays. I mean, they look prettier. They run faster, jump higher. It's like it's like Michael Jordan versus like, I don't know, like Muggsy Bogues. Like, but see, but PC doesn't have play, the exclusives who wants to play anymore. As Muggsy Bogues, nobody. But nobody has. Yeah, but PC doesn't have the exclusives anymore, like they used to either. But that's a, that's an argument for another day. Like that's not yeah, what we're well, here to talk about. I mean, but let's get back to Fortnite. Like we put a chunk of time <laughs> into Save the World, and then they were like, oh, "All right, here's this battle royale thing," and we're like, "Man, this looks sick. Let's play it." And we're like, "I don't like this building garbage." <laughs> yeah. It was really weird. I mean, I played a lot of Apex more than I ever played a Fortnite. And uh, as of now, uh, my most played Battle Royale game is going to be uh, Warzone, in all honesty. Um, Ninjala. <laughs> that's, not, that's not a Battle Royale. I mean, kind of. No, it's just but a not really. Game. I know. Not I'm really. Just, I'm just messing with you. Okay, but the next game, which was interesting um, on my list of things, is Titanfall. Oh man! Well, no, that's not a nope. You're wrong again. What do you mean I'm wrong again? Titanfall came out as an Xbox One exclusive. I thought it was. Was it the first one? Yes, Titanfall. I will. No, look this it's up. also on Xbox 360, isn't it? God, I will look this up. I will look this up. You keep on. I. I want to look this up. I'm gonna find out. It's a. If you go over two, you're not. Oh, for fuck's sakes! God, I hate my life. You know what? Xbox can't release shit on. Dude, this is you bullshit. need to. You literally need to like research before you open your mouth. I did research this thing, Apparently and that's why it blows didn't. my mind. Apparently was released on Xbox consoles on the Xbox One and Three. Why did they release it on? Oh, because it released on Xbox the same. It's the same bullshit we're having now with the Halo Infinite and garbage. Okay, whatever. That's, yeah, that's, 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 that's released, like the same day, right? That's what's confusing to me is that it's releasing on the Xbox. It was a it was a launched it was a launch title for the Xbox One, 
but it was for 362. Okay, fuck it, scratch it. It's out. Cuphead. Cuphead I know, okay? I looked this up. Cuphead I know was on the <laughs> Xbox One. Are you it's sure? now on the PS4, and it's on the Switch. Are you so, sure? yes. Are you going to make me look this up? No, I hate you're, you, good. you're good, man. Cuphead came Don't out this me. generation. Cuphead is amazing. Cuphead got um, delayed so much, it probably would have came out on the 360 if it didn't get delayed like crazy in the beginning. Uh, wasn't it supposed to come to the Wii U? Yeah, it was supposed to come to a lot. No, it was supposed to come to always, always an Xbox exclusive originally, but it was supposed to come out, I think, on the 360 originally, like Titanfall. It was supposed to be that launch title that came out for both consoles and stuff, stuff like that. But t- Cuphead is just beautiful. A beautiful action-based game that um, like it's uh, Andy uh, from Dual Screens that this was his, uh, one of his two. I, I told him to like, because he wasn't able to be, he, he was going to be on the show. Uh, he wasn't able to make it tonight. Um, and then we said, okay, what's, I said, what's your game that you want to shout out? And he said, Cuphead was, was one of the games because it was just such a good game. The platforming was amazing and just a hand-drawn game, right? Like we, it was really neat. Those aesthetics that like 1950s, like cartoon hand-drawn, like it was beautiful. It was a beautiful, beautiful game. If you haven't played Cuphead, you really should. And you really have no excuse now because it's literally on everything besides toasters. One, it's cheap. It's not like it's a. It's not like it's a. It's not like it's a sixty dollars game either. It's no, it's twenty bucks. It's twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. Like you guys, it's good. I mean, you know what? I mean, is it? If it had online multiplayer, me and Joe would have bought it. Let's just put it out there. But it doesn't. So yeah, I, I I have almost bought this game numerous times. I've played it a bunch at a bunch of friends' houses, but I've never actually bought it myself. Um. I, I just think it's so much fun to play on with people. That's my big thing. But I understand why they only have it as a single player game or I mean, couch co-op. I get it too, but I kind of want to play it with, with other people, and I don't understand why they never added couch co-op or not couch mm. co-op, online co-op. Um, yeah, I think it's just I think it's just server things because you think about it. It released for the Xbox first, right? Which means it would have just single Xbox servers, and I think if they were to go now, they would have to have a Nintendo server, a PlayStation server, and an Xbox server. And then they have to try to go back and support everything, and that's 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 a lot of server stuff to figure out for a game that may or may not have a lot of player base at this point in time. So, well, but Andy's Andy's number two, Bloodborne. Oh man, you can't say enough good things about Bloodborne. What a great, what a great game. Um, it's one of my games. Like I said earlier, I I'm lost and do not know where to go like at all and i want to finish the game but it's it's like so hard because it's telling me where to go it's telling me where to go but it's not telling me how to get there and i'm just getting frustrated uh well, that's just I, the dark souls way right yeah but i feel like it's just something stupid like like it's never gonna hold your hand like that's not a, that's not a game series or a game that's gonna hold your hand which, yeah. which I, I respect i respect it for what it is yeah, and I think that's a big thing too. Is that just generation we saw a lot of those dark soulsy type, dark soulsy type games? Gen technically became big. Like we had what Dark Souls one and two on the PS3 and 360 era, and then all of a sudden this year we had like just to give a list of new IPs, we had Bloodborne, uh, we had Neo, which was one of my big games of the year. Uh, dark Soulsy, we had a, a Shikiro. Uh, only die twice. We had um, Sekiro. 
Sekiro. We had what was the other one that uh the Surge was another one that was kind of that same same idea. I mean Surge is um, typically new this generation. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's like all these different Souls types games. There's a lot more. Uh like that new one Hellpoint that uh Roberto um got and started playing. Like there's a lot. There's a lot of these different Souls types games. And I think they really I think the neat thing about what we saw this gen with Souls games compared to last gen is last gen was Dark Souls. And everything was slow combat and medieval and like even Demon Souls. Like it was all the same type of combat. When we got into this year, it's Bloodborne, which is like a a goth punk, a gothic uh, steampunk kind of world. Dark. It's fast. You're using firearms. Um, Then we had Neo, which was like a samurai based one. And then we had the Surge, which was more of like a robotic, futuristic type one where you're taking apart the opponents you fight. And then we had one I like Hellpoint. I, I have to get back to that game. Yeah, and then and then Hellpoint, which is like that's the one Sony but put, put it on for free, right? And everybody got it for free. What one? The Surge. The Surge. Yeah. yeah. Well, it also was a PS Plus title at one point too. So, um, and then on top of that, like uh, Shakiro, uh, Sekiro. Only die twice at points. You can't that just, just stop trying to say it. Yeah. Anyway, but it, you're a ninja, right? So it's a little bit different on that sense too. That that game was also a different way to play. Like it's more uh, faster paced, but it's more of like trying to be stealthy is the way to go. And Man, Code Vein going to was combat. like a like a Souls yeah a Souls light game. Like a, yeah, not not very challenging Souls game, but it's none the same. It was about the same idea. Yeah. So. There was just a lot, right? Like once again, Code Vein, new IP. Like we just keep on talking about it. Um, another big thing that came out this that really I think uh, we saw a lot more of a polished look to was the choose your own adventure format. And Joe, I'll let you talk about the one of your favorite games of all time until dawn. Okay, so where do I start? Uh, I start with it was one of the first games I bought when I bought my PS4. Um, when I saw the preview for this game, I wish Andy was on the show to talk talk with me about this game because I know he also loves this game a lot because we're huge horror movie fans. And on top of that, we're like huge 80s horror movie fans. And this game has like a really like tight 80s like horror movie, like slasher, whodunit, like mystery kind of game. Um, it's a beautiful game with a lot of star power in it. It's got like friggin' uh, Rami Malik before he was famous, like before he got really big, he did until dawn. Uh, has Hayden Panettiere from Heroes and Nashville fame. Um, it's got other, it's, I don't think that's about it for like the super famous people, but like the game is gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. It's, um, it's a horror movie set in a like a winter resort. Um, these kids. These kids go for a getaway and they get more than they've bargained for. And I don't want to spoil the plot because the plot is the whole entire game. This game. Well, the, hmm? I would say the, the other cool thing about this game that I think was really different because we always talk about like choose your own adventures. This is not. Well, a... well this game was cool because it was a movie. Essentially, it's a yeah. movie that you play. And well, like, and we had that the before re- the replay value right. is very high, though, like especially for completionists and trophy collectors, like the replay value is high, like you're going to miss collectibles. Um, this one's very different from most choose your ventures because it's a, it's a horror film. 
And the whole key is to get all your people to survive the night. To survive One, until dawn. And it's very... The mechanics were awesome in that game, but also a pain in the ass at the same time. So, I mean, the controller... You'd have to set the controller down on the ground, and if it moves slightly, the killer would find you and kill you. Well, I think the cool thing about this one would that was neat and made a big difference too and we saw a big surge of this as well is it kind of brought on the idea that they built the mechanic in it where if you wanted to you could stream this game or play it with friends and everyone would vote on what option everyone was going to do and then whatever option got voted for more um that's what happened so you could play a multiplayer version of this game and things like that. And that was really neat because it was kind of like you'd sit down and watch a movie with your friends. Um, and then everyone would, you know, everyone would make their choice and then something would happen. And obviously we saw other games come out uh, from this developer that would be the same idea of like, a de- I think Hidden Agendas by the same people, if I'm correct, right? Or is Hidden Agenda differently? Either way, there's a game Hidden Agenda where everyone has a phone, you're a detective trying to solve a mystery. Um, and everyone chooses what they want to do. And then it based on the, what everyone picks. And it's like an actual game where certain people pick certain things and try to make other players to convince them to choose certain options, which is really neat. I mean, I haven't um, even gotten the chance to play Hidden Agenda. Um, I know. We got we it for free, play, too, I we think. I actually play that. Um, I bought it when it came out. I think I bought it, too. I don't know. We could I play think that we bought for it sure. to play. I think we bought it to play together. We never played it together. Well, it's the same idea as with um, their second game that they came out with, uh, Mamma Madan. Yeah, well, I mean, third game, technically. Cause second third game. Because the second game is technically uh, Rush of Blood, the sequel to... Right. Uh, Which is an on-rail shooter for VR. I'm kind of mad that it was an on-rail shooter, and it only came to PSVR, but it is what it is, right? Yeah, and then obviously in that same uh, vein... I mean, we have like Detroit become human by the guys that like, and that's like the big thing that was really interesting is, um, I think, I mean, Detroit like, became human is a game in a class all its own. Like, well, that's what I'm. That's what I want to mean, right? Like, uh, we saw heavy rain uh, I mean, Lynch, on the last gen, right? We saw, yeah, yeah, we mm-hmm. saw heavy rain and Beyond Two Souls on the last gen of consoles, and they kind of birthed the. Um, between those and Telltale games, uh, we saw the birth of Choose Your Own Adventure games being kind of like more of like a movie or a scene based yeah, like thing, right? Back. Like, I know they were big in the 80s and when like PCs yeah. first came out, but these kind of brought them back to the forefront in a different way where it was kind of like FMV. Like, I mean, and I guess there were other games like that, like mm, like uh, what was the what was the really crazy one that came out and it just got uh, Night Trap. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, they've been around forever. It's just yeah, they're, they they just changed up the way that they're mostly played. Well, and that's what I want to. I was just going to touch on is that when you look at um, when you look at um, and uh, Detroit Become Human, it's kind of a cross. It's actually not fully like Until Dawn, where it's like a movie, but at the exact same time, it takes a lot of hints from Until Dawn, as well as takes a lot of things back from the Heavy Rain and the Telltale's Tale series. It's kind of a combination of both. It's in its own kind of game type, but man, we saw a lot of games that they were just neat that way. Like it was, it was just neat to see a lot of story-driven games over. I have to be good at games and play them. Like uh, Kathy is huge into visual novels, which made a huge comeback. Right? Like there's a huge majority of games that just came out this this gen that were um like the visual novels and the like 
for people that don't play games very often. They can kind of just be like, here, do you know how to use a phone? Do you know how to book? Do you know how to do you know how to use Twitter? Do you know how to use Tinder? Do you know how to use Tinder? You swipe left or swipe right? Same idea. Like, do you on a phone? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Let's play this. Like uh new IP. Just thought about it. New I I guess it's not a new IP. Damn it. Well it is. It is and it's not. Now, Joe, I'm gonna need your opinion on this. We're talking about mobile phones in your hand. I mean, you've been wrong a lot, so let's see what you bring yeah, to the yeah, table here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to say Jackbox Party Pack, but no. not because no, but not because of the jet, not because of the you don't know Jack game. Quiplash was its own game that was separate from the Party Pack that you could buy by itself, which is separate. It's did a new IP. Up, did you look up that it came out this gen? Oh, I'm going to hate you so much right now. Let me. Okay, you know what? Yeah, you, you can you, you, you can look it up. I'm look it up. Look, look it up. up. I'm gonna say okay. Right. I'm gonna look it up. You talk about. Let's see another gen that came out this game that you want to talk about. Um, are we gonna count Friday the Thirteenth as its new as a new IP this year, Joe? I mean, I we keep on. I mean, there was one for the Nintendo's the Nintendo Entertainment System. But I, I mean, this is a different game, though. Like that's. I mean, if That's not for if not right. for this for if not for Friday the Thirteenth, there would be no uh, Predator Hunting Ground. True enough. So I mean, yeah. Predator, the, but, it, but it's not the first Predator game either, right? No, but that that like style of the game would not exist without Friday the Thirteenth doing what it did. And I think the one v eight games will definitely get a uh, resurgence in the next uh, coming years. There's gonna be more of them, a lot more. You know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give up on trying to add things to this like list. Cause... Yeah, don't do that because you suck at life. And... You know what? It was a, I, it's so close. You know what? Then don't bring up. This is where we talk about the idea. I don't know where this argument came in. Where a lot of people talked about, and I don't know where we got this argument from. But Being wrong the, is is not. It's not a bad thing, Corey. No, no, no. But this is this Breaks is what I mean. Wrongness. I'm embracing it right now. What I'm this is this is what I'm talking about is. They all these games I'm talking about made an impact to me on my PS4. Okay. Right? That's what we're really talking about. Is that but that's to not, me, but they're I don't not remember. new IPs, but they're not new IPs. They're not, so, not, they're not, they're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm just that's leaving like, the That's the like beat. saying, oh man, The Last of Us is the best IP of this generation because I it impacted me only on the PS4 because I never played it on the PS3 because I didn't have one. True, true. But what I'm saying is like there's there's games that it, it's these weird games that came out on both in between that holiday cycle. So it's like, for example, when we when we have this topic next year, and all of us go, man, remember Avengers on the PS5, that new IP, and we're gonna be like, oh wait, no, it can't be a new IP because it came out on the PS4. Oh, remember Cyberpunk? Oh yeah, right, that's a PS4 title. <laughs> <laughs> like it's gonna release on on day and date with PS5. So, so like, I'll I'll put one uh, of mine, I'll put one of mine out right now. Um, yeah, and, and this is this is the tricky mid game, uh, division. Um, oh boy, the I mean, division. Think, talk about a game that got me back into playing multiplayer games with friends. Um, I would say division would be that game. Well, Tom Clancy this 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 time around, like a lot of uh, when I was looking up a lot of people's like new IP lists, like what they thought was great new IPs. It's it's kind of in that Tom Clancy era. Like everyone's like Rainbow Six Siege. Is is there a new IP? Which I'm like, is that really? An, it's 
technically Rainbow Six, right? Which Rainbow Six isn't a new IP, but a lot of people were counting Rainbow Six Siege as a new IP because it was a different version of Rainbow Six. I don't know if that counts or not, but like Tom Clancy games this generation no, because were... Rainbow Six is a series. I know. I don't care. I know. If I, know it... oh, I know. Oh, and now it's a now it's a battle royale game or a, well, it's the same reason why we this. So it's a it's new the same game. No, why we don't not, count. Um, that's not how that works. No. No, no, I know. It's the same reason why we don't count uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands because it's a Ghost Recon game. Oh well, Paper Mario Sticker Star is a new series because you know it's not regular Paper Mario. No, it, it's not. <laughs> no. Nor no. I just wanted to put that out there because I want. I just wanted to say that Tom Clancy games have made a comeback this generation. I don't think they but, really went anywhere. I mean, look at last gen. You had Splinter Cell. I mean, I don't even think. Yeah, I guess we had. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, we had Splinter Cell, but we didn't have much else. It was Splinter Cell and Ghost Recon, and that was about it. Whereas this year we got. I mean, you really need right. I mean, what true else, enough. We got Division though. Like we got Division. You need fifty Tom Clancy games. And we got the vision. Well, vision. I'm just saying, you're, you're like, oh, we only got that and that. Like, what else do you want? I guess true enough. Like, true enough. Tom Clancy. The dude writes war books. Like, what do you expect? But I mean, that's a cool thing. I like, wish division... Tom Clancy made a new, like, I, I wish Tom Clancy wrote a 24 game. You remember the 24 game on the PS2? No. Damn, that good game was good. No. But I mean, we talk about like uh, with Division and stuff, it's about playing with your friends and it was a new world. It was the idea that it was like kind of a futuristic setting and things like that. Um, it was just fun I to play. It was just cool yeah. to spot up and play like that game got me into like playing multiplayer games again. I'm I'm very like not a multiplayer game player. Corey, I'll tell you. And Corey's a huge multiplayer game. A hundred percent. Like the new gen, the new IPs that. So for me not to be one is pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, well, and the thing is, is like not multiplayer games this year, like Anthem. Uh, that was a big new IP. I mean, I'm not going to say big too loud. Um, it was a new IP that was supposed to be very big, um, but that was good. I you like it. it yeah, yeah, I know. It's wait for 2.0. Um, but another one that me and me and Brandon uh, won't stop talking Anthem, about. Is and Anthem we keep dead? is Anthem dead now? No, they're coming up with a 2.0 is what they're going to do. They're going to kind of do what they did with Destiny, which for those who are wondering, I did do my research with Destiny and no, I'm not counting it because it released on the PS3 first, okay? Well, I did my research on that. He's learning, people. He's learning. So, a game that did um, release that was a multiplayer-based, or I feel it was a multiplayer-based game that Joe forgets about all the time, was Dying Light. What a great game, but he doesn't play it because he doesn't have it. I don't own it. Uh, I I know. It's actually one of the first games I wanted to buy, and it's just so goddamn expensive that I just never bought it. And then every time it goes on sale, I'm like, I'm gonna pick that up. And then I don't. And I'm like, why don't I keep? Why, why do I keep avoiding this game? And I know it's eleven ninety nine right now. I really have no no excuse. I should probably just buy this tonight. Actually, you should. You should, and then we should just play it. And then it's done. It gets a game off your list. It just it's it a good game. game to my list. So I mean, Dying Light like my list. added a. Uh, it kind of took what people wanted out of uh, Mirror's Edge on last gen with the first person parkour, parkour and then made it into a game. But it made zombie like zombie games like Dead Rising more um, where you actually felt fearful for your life a little bit like they were fun. It took what Dead Island did and made Dude, it. Dead better. Island is probably one of my favorite games from last gen. I know. And we but- had a really good experience with it on this gen. And and that's why you need to play Dying Light because it's better. I honestly think we should do this again, 
in, in a few weeks or and do a pass or play on multiplayer games. We should. And then you, are you going to buy them all? Because because really you've passed on every multiplayer game. No. <laughs> uh, so, so, I mean, obviously, the re- now, for people that don't know, Joe doesn't play multiplayer games that often because it doesn't give him trophies. No. Um, now, I, come okay, to, come, okay, yes, no, well, very true. Yeah, I just, I just want to add into this. Coming to the end of this gen, though, Joe has slowly got to the point where he's actually willing to play games for playing them over just collecting trophies, which I congratulate Joe, and he's enjoying games. Now, what started this disease for Joe and a lot of other people uh, is a game that did launch as a new IP uh, this year, uh, or this gen, which is My Name is Mayo. This game is plagued. It started the disease, but I mean, it definitely added to it. Oh, it definitely started the disease. It, for it some added, people, it, it added the fuel to the garbage fire that is trophy. I mean, this we game this. is this game can single handedly be be the game that made it so Rattalaka could exist. One hundred percent. Remember, we we we, we gave this the, we gave this game we gave this game to friggin' Chris, and it started the disease inside of him. And now you know he yeah, heard that like first it. ding. He first I heard that first ding, and then he got his first platinum. And now now we've lost him forever. I mean, maybe in a couple of years we'll get him back. There's nothing wrong with collecting trophies. Like I'm not trying to there bag isn't. on people that collect them. I'm just, I've just learned that it, it may, it's very toxic for my gaming because I concentrate too much on the trophies and not on actually beating any games anymore. I've beat more games this year than I've ever beat in my life because I stopped, I stopped caring about trophies. And the honest truth is, if I would have done this at the beginning of the year, I probably beat double the amount of games I've already beaten. Yep. But you know what? Let's move from there. We talk about trophies. We talk about great games. Now, I want to bring some highlight to some ex- to some console exclusive games that we've got. Now, new IPs that both uh, companies have come out with. We're not singling anyone out, just so everyone knows. Um, Nintendo's kind of hard to talk about because do they really, in a sense, have new IPs? I don't know. Oh, it, I don't... Shoot. I mean, did they have a new IP this generation, Joe? Nintendo? Uh, oh, Xeno. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, Xenoblaze doesn't no, count because no, it was on Wii. No, no. <laughs> That's all. I mean, there's tons of Xenoblade Chronicle games. I know, but I'm just trying to think of like... Gear technically counts. And that's, well, not yeah. That. No, Xeno, uh, Xeno Gears technically um, counts as Xenosaga, which was a PS2 game. I could have done this before and looked this shit up, but... I mean, so. I know, but Nintendo, I think, doesn't have. Uh, I'm just trying to think. I don't think they did. Like, you know, but that's the thing, though, right? When we, okay. when we, I, think... oh, okay, well, I can give one. I mean, it sucks on the Switch, but I can give an, another game. I don't, I don't know. Have you played? Um, have you played Bloodstained? Uh, well, oh no, yeah. I'll give one. I'll give one. Bloodstained: Curse of the Moon. Not because it is a new because it's not a Castlevania game. No. Okay, and, it, and, that's the, and, that's, and that's the 2D. That's the 2D. I'm talking about the 2D sprite one. Did you play that one? Yeah, I played that one. And yeah, I also Curse played the, the new one. Fucking phenomenal. No, but let's talk game. about that game because, like, if you love classic Castlevania and you've never played Curse of the Moon, oh man! Didn't I, uh, didn't um, Andy and Steve uh, have an interview with the? Uh, the yeah, one of the developers of, from the game. Yeah. Andy's on dual screens. Actually, Andy, Andy's oh. actually mad because when I went to a, uh, he wanted the physical copy of 
or the game and didn't get it. I actually need to get the sequel. The sequel just popped actually like oh, two weeks, like two or three weeks yeah. ago. It's only I 15 bucks too. So if you, if you guys got 15 bucks to spend on the eShop, go hit up Bloodstained uh, Curse of the Moon. Plays very similar to Castlevania 3. You get three characters uh, that are very distinct. And the boss fights in that game are epic. You fight a train. Oh man, it's fucking cool. The, the, the final boss fight makes you want to tear your fucking hair out. It's like a classic Castlevania final boss where it's just very, very hard and very difficult to the point where I had to beat the game on easy, like baby ass bitch mode, because like, I just couldn't take dying on the boss anymore. I was like, fuck this game. So, but yeah, that and, and, and you know, uh, we can talk about ritual of the night for a little bit. I mean, I haven't played much of it. I need to get back to it now that they patched it and it can actually run on the switch. Did you get it on PS4? Or did you get it on the switch? I, I got it on the PS4. Did you actually play through it, or did you just like play like I'm like, like an hour or two of it? Twenty five percent of the way through it, so I'm not like full full through it. But I mean, it plays a lot like uh, the old GBA uh, Castlevania games, not the Sony ones, but a lot of the GBA ones, which were actually the newer ones. But it, it takes a lot from them, where it's learning abilities from enemies and stuff like that, or equipping your own gear, like Symphony of the Night. I really do like the way that plays. Well, it's kind of um, like it's it kind of plays similar to because I believe the people who made it were the people who made the Castlevania games on the DS and the yeah. Game Boy Advance. So it plays that way where you like take spirits from like enemies and that's how you gain different weapons and stuff. And then yeah. you can level them up, which is like really cool, which lends to like a lot of replay value in that game. Like you can play that game over and over and over again. And I think they added like Gets of Umaden as one of the char- playable characters now. Yeah, they did. Which he's fucking awesome, and if you've never played Getsu Fumiden, it's kind of like, like, how do I put this? It's like spiritual successor to Castlevania in Japan. It never came here, but the game is absolutely phenomenal. It's Castlevania on like crack, and Getsu Fumiden has like a giant ass sword. And every time you kill more enemies and you get more um more power ups, your sword goes longer and longer and longer, and you can hit enemies from like further away and do more damage. Game is hard as shit. Game is I think hard. I've heard about that. You should play it. It's emulation. You can you can I actually think I have a copy. I can send it to you. Like I can send it to you through uh through like DB. There you go. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. I love Gets Fumiden. I've I've actually almost beat it. My friend beat it on stream, but I've never beaten it. Um if we're gonna continue to talk and gush about new IPs. Well, I mean I was gonna talk about like exclusives, but I mean Switch, I don't really that's the thing. Like Switch there's just not really, I, there's not really many. But I'm here, let's go through think. the one here. You look that up. I'm going to go through the ones that we know about. I'm going to first talk about the Xbox because obviously we don't want to sound like we're just talking. We just, you know, talk about PlayStation all the time. I mean, obviously, we've got to talk about Xbox was, because was I mean, we got to re- overdrive we, this generation. Yes. So we got to remember, you that know, was awesome. I mean, yeah. Like I said, it, it, we got to talk about the Xbox because you know you got we got to remember the memories. It's like when some something dies, you have to remember the good parts about it um so i mean as we could see it setting off into the sea this generation uh with the xbox series x i mean i just feel uh, sorry for the suckers that bought xboxes man we're, we're we're watching it burn and 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 go off into flames and uh we got to just when this whole thing the started they were like yeah we got this generation in the bag and i'm like mm. yeah we had sunshine overdrive which is a great game you know what if that came to playstation i would 100 percent buy that day one that game looked amazing. It was made by Insomniac. You were it was a great little game. What are the sequels in the works? And it's coming to everything. Yeah, that's what I heard. The other game, 
uh, that Xbox got as an exclusive that was a new IP this year um, was Sea of Thieves. Um, haven't heard things about it, or I've heard things about it, not good things, um, but it was free on Game Pass, so that's cool. Clap, clap to Xbox. Um, other than that, Xbox just does the Xbox way and rides the coattails of all their existing franchises, so no IPs, new IPs for them. Um, PlayStation. Um, as we know, PlayStation likes to adapt and make new IPs every year. Uh, we keep on getting new things every year. We never know what they are. Um, and then when sometimes we get new variations of IPs that we know and love, um, like we really saw uh, God of War change this IP generation. Uh, I, it's not a new IP, though, so we're not going to talk about it. Uh, we did see uh, games like Horizon Zero Dawn come out this generation, which looks beautiful. New world from the guys that made Killzone, which really surprised me. Um, the idea that we had a game that was set in a like futuristic time where humans are using bows and whatever, and it's a third-person game, it's open world, from the guys that made a first-person shooter that was linear, really, in all honesty. Uh, it was really crazy to see this game, and God, is that game ever beautiful. Like We talk about pushing hardware, and this game just looks beautiful, still looks beautiful, and I'm so excited to play the sequel that we're going to get on PS5. Um, I know, Joe, this is both on our backlogs, right? Pretty much. Are you, uh, you own? Which one? You Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, I own Horizons. Uh, I own Horizon Zero Dawn. It's actually in my list of like shameful games I've never completed this generation. You know, that, that's what I was just saying. It's like, both right, at, like right at the top of that list of shameful oh, games I didn't beat this generation. But I mean, like that game, amazing. Like, what a great game um like another really good game um i mean i brought up ghosts ghost of uh shishima like what a great game i mean we keep on talking about this game it, it's late into the cycle but i mean this game is amazing uh i can't the idea that the guys from infamous uh made this game once again it, it's really crazy that we see um games come out like sequels come out to the classics that we already had the generation before but then now we see a the companies come up with brand new games is really neat and innovative to see. Um, like we go from a game where you're in a New York based city uh, with superpowers and all that into a, you know, feudal Japan era where you're actually don't have any powers. You're just using a samurai sword and ninja weapons like great game, completely different. Now, um, like that was a big one uh, of this generation from the Sony. Uh, Obviously, uh, we have Sony doesn't have a just like Xbox. Um, they do bring out things that aren't that good. Um, we all have our faults. Uh, and in PlayStation's uh, case, it was the first knack. And it was the order 1886. Which, Dude, next, not a bad game. I'm not it saying gets, it's it bad. A, it I'm not saying shit, it's man. I'm not saying it's bad. I was just saying on the idea that. Knack was one of those games where like it was Whitney good. Spears the video games. Just leave it alone. It was it was good, Joe. It just wasn't what people were expecting on the next gen console. I think that's where Knack came out first and was like, "Hey guys, look, next gen." And everyone's like, "Oh wait, wait a second. Like, you need to go back in the closet for a bit, buddy, and work on your polish." And and like I said, we saw that a couple times this generation where games were really good, like No Man's Sky. 
were hyped and seen and everyone's like, this game's gonna be great. And then it comes out and they're like, this is not what you promised us. I mean, technically, that's another new IP, actually, technically. It is. That's it was on the list. Um, And that's where the nice thing about those games, though, is this is the year that uh, something that is new to this generation, not as an IP, but as an idea, is we saw games with service take a big uh, boost this this generation. Uh, where we're seeing games come out and then continually be upgraded along as they go. So like No Man's Sky, um, if this was last generation or the generation before that, uh, it would be a game that got released, wasn't what people wanted, and it would be like, okay, that game's done. Like that forever. It's going to be like that forever. Or even on the PS3 or Xbox 360, it would have been like, okay, we can patch it. Here's some patch. But it's not going to be this is new parts of this game. Like that game is literally gone from I can explore worlds and beat the game in, you know, less than 20 hours to I can build things on these worlds. I can, you know, take pictures. I can see people. I can actually have starship battles now to like there's a huge difference in in, in the world that was originally I mean, released. Games of Service is a huge change in this generation. I mean, we oh, went exactly. from games that were complete games last generation with a lot of flaws and some patches to like now everything gets a patch or everything's like or everything comes out as a beta like everything comes out as a beta to begin with <laughs> beta is like the new word the new like it, yeah. it word in gaming this generation this is, this um, is, it's not a demo it's a beta i mean to bring it right. back um i have another game on my list days gone i know you had not have an experience with this i don't believe right you didn't play days gone did you days gone why do i why is this not ringing a bell at all. I'm pretty sure I have, but Days Gone is the. Why am I drawing a huge blank right now? Days Gone was the game that Sony released with it with the zombies, but they weren't really zombies. Oh, I played a little bit of it. Yes, that's why it doesn't ring a bell. It's because it's really it's it's good. It's just at the time it came out, there were so many other things to play that you know I just kind of put it on my shelf and forgot about it. It's you the have same it though? Thing as, uh, I do. It's the same thing as another game that was a new IP this uh, generation with Death Stranding. Or as Joe likes to call it, the UPS Simulator 2020. Yep, UPS Simulator 2020. Definitely a new IP this uh, this generation. I know you yeah. played that a lot. You liked it. I did like it. And then the game made me reset my save. And I'm trying Wait, to go back what? to it now. So they came up with a patch that made the game more action oriented and more like involving and the world was a little bit more invasive but what they did is because my save that i had was the older version of the game and i wasn't working with the patches up to that point they basically mm-hmm. went story we've changed the game so much that what you actually have saved is not going Do- to work doesn't exist but- but we're going to allow you to keep all your ratings and your equipment. You're just going to have to start the story at the very beginning. So I have still like a good majority of my stuff. I just don't have the story. How did they unlocked. How did they relay this information? Did they send you like a message? It, it just told me when I loaded up my game. Like when I loaded up my game, it says your previous save uh, is not compatible with the current version of the game. Due to that, we've changed it so much. Uh, we're resetting your story progress, but you're keeping all your items and in inventory. It's like a new game plus kind of kind of. So because what they did is they because before, like you were talking about when it, when it first came out, it was the idea of like, here, go to that spot. And from 
from walking at the beginning to going to that spot, there was really nothing there. You were just like kind of walking the world. Whereas now they're like, okay, you're going to walk from here to here. But from here to there, you might run into mercenaries. You might run into other uh, more different things like interactive activities, more people in the world. Like it was trying to make it so that there was, it wasn't just A to B and nothing in between. It was like, there's lots of things that are going to keep you having to go, oh, should I actually have to pay attention while I'm walking? So, I mean, that was a big one. Now, I'm going to bring out one of my favorites that I've played near the end of this generation. Now, I know this isn't like a game breaking. Hey, this game, uh, you know, changed the industry. I, I played Maneater. That's a new IP. That game was amazing. I have to play as a shark and eat people. I mean, there's not much more to say about it, but it counts. I mean, it's a new IP. I'm, I'm giving it a shout out. It meets the minimal requirements of it. Didn't release on a last generation. So, yeah. Yeah. And then another game, Joe, like we t- the one big thing you talked about and um, that was really interesting is when you were talking about Curse of Blood, um, you're talking about the idea that we're bringing having, we had a lot of retro games come back or like retro style looking games. Uh, and one game I know is a big new favorite for you um, was Shovel Knight. It's the favorite. Like, this is so, my favorite game from this last generation. And I put so many hours into 100%ing it on PS4. Um, I love Shovel Knight. I will play this game forever, probably. Um, I really need to play the DLC. I, I put so many hours into just getting 50% of the trophies in that game, which was one of my favorite 50%s I've ever gotten. Because it actually took a lot to do it. Um, that game's hard as fuck when you like play it on hard. It's not easy. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. But I mean, from what I saw, that was really neat that we saw that game come out. And it was kind of really neat to see. Um, like, I mean, there's a whole bunch of other games too. But like, it was really neat to see kind of like the, the old 16-bit or 8-bit era kind of games come out this generation and like really make an impact. Where um, like Undertale another like that's the crazy thing we look at the graphics of undertale and we talk about like oh let's play these next gen games on my pc because my pc can make it look so beautiful and it's the best place to play but when you play games like shovel knight you play games like undertale these games are based on 16-bit or 8-bit graphics they're not meant to be super crazy looking like bray uh like like all those games like we're not meant to look amazing but because they came out the way they did, I think that's what the nostalgia part of that really kicks a chord with us. And it's just, they look nice. And as long as it plays good, it doesn't matter whether it came out on this gen or last gen. And that's why, like I say, a lot of the games that we're talking about right now, um, we didn't know. Like, it's like, oh, is that a really a new IP? And it's because, yes, we played it on the PS4, but it we fell in love with the game, not the way it looked right oh like and, te- is- and technically technically i guess shovel knight wouldn't count what as a new ip it's on everything dude did it get released after though okay um, now i'm gonna okay, so i'm gonna bring out a, i'm gonna talk about a new ip while i look this up so this one's an interesting one because i think that it did okay so i'm gonna look this up uh while we talk about that joe um, something else that made a really big um comeback in this generation, and I know mm-hmm. I'm gonna bring up an IP that brought came back as well, or new IP that came out, um, was the Evil Within, but horror games this generation, like Hellblade and things like that. 
like horror based games or like um, more of a surreal game. Oh, it was Joe. It came out and everything you screwed up. This is your fault this time. Yeah, I mean, probably because I had most the most fun with it on PS4. But yeah, well, I think it came about, out right? for like everything. OK, but anyway, so, what I was if I, if I want, if I OK, so if I want to replace it with something that was even better this generation, I would replace it with the messenger. The messenger yep. is absolutely fucking fantastic. If you like Ninja Gaiden and you haven't played the messenger, do yourself a favor and go buy the messenger. Um, well, yeah, like I said, all those games made a comeback. But here's the thing, Joe. What do, what about horror games this generation? What about like, Well, I mean, we had games like uh, like we had games like The Evil Within. We did. The Evil Within kind of brought back that survival horror amount. We also had games like The Outlast or Outlast also came out this gen where it was more where is more of the idea of being behind a camera, being that first person horror perspective. I mean, shout out to not a new IP technically. Um re- the the Resident Evil 7 Re-in- but reinvented itself again. Reinvented itself. Definitely not a new IP, but it definitely revitalized the franchise. 100%. What else? Oh, oh, the big one. The big one. The big indie one uh, from this generation. Uh, Dead Cells. Well, Dead Cells wasn't horror, but... I'm just saying. Dead Cells in general. But Hellblade. Like, Hellblade was another big one. Senua's Sacrifice. That wasn't on PS3. No, it wasn't on PS3. You're right. No. Yeah, like that was another big one. Like we got these psychological horror games or like just psychological games in general. And like I said, we saw a real big boost to those types of games this generation. And like that was the cool. Th- I think that's the big thing that I want to bring back to this generation is I know we're talking about new IPs this generation. But in all honesty, the amount of new types of games we got this generation is huge. Like I mean, it's we got, insane. Like we got Battle Royale is a new generation that came out this this gen. We have, like I say, horror games have been reinvented this generation for sure. We've got, like I say, the uh, pick your own adventure games have been reinvented this year to to completely different than what they used to be. Um, we've had even story based games, like even just your basic action adventure games and open world games have been really changed and what what that means like like we look at cyberpunk cyberpunk technically is going to be a new ip coming up this year and i know we saw with the witcher the difference between like the big rpg of the ps3 era and 360 era which was skyrim and then we saw the witcher come out and the witcher went holy shit like we thought skyrim was big and had lots of things to do and had an invasive story and then the witcher comes out and it's like holy shit now, I know The Witcher isn't a new IP, but now we've got Cyberpunk, which we know is going to be, what, four times as big as The Witcher? Like, am I going to have enough free time? Like, am I going to have enough free time to play it? Like, the game's going to be massive. Like, we still have new IPs coming out this year. Like, I talk about Skater XL. That's a new IP. But we're seeing newer types of games come out all the time. Like, if we were really to have a list and go through every single new IP that came out this year, from you everybody? You mean this generation? This generation, sorry. If this year we'd still have a huge list that would take us four to five hours to go through. It's, been, nice. di- it's been really nice because a lot of people like dub this like the generation or the console generation of remasters and 
I, I kind of beg to differ so. if you really think about it. It's, the, really it's the generation back. of the indies. Yeah, if you really sit back and think about it, there's been so many new games, it makes your head spin. Well, I think it's the, the difference is, is that this is the year we saw indies become more than just indies. Yeah, like, that's, that's a very... is that Shovel Knight is an indie game, but it's huge. Uh, technically, Minecraft... Oh, no, Minecraft was technically last-gen that became started to get the ball rolling, but like Cuphead was a new indie game. Undertale is an indie game. Like we're seeing these games that are coming out that were indies and they're big and they got a lot of people pushing them and a lot of people like being in it. Like No Man's Sky was made by the guys that made Joe Danger, which was like a trials based game. Like these these weren't big, giant games. Like I know people, especially Trophy Horse, is going to try to tell me that Rocket League's a new IP. I want to tell you it's not. I don't care that they changed the name. What's the they original? It, what's the original game in the series? Uh, super acrobatic rocket powered battle cars. So you say that, it, say that three times fast. Uh, no, that's about as fast as it gets. But uh, Rocket League is not a new IP. Aww, it was. You're not, you're not even gonna try. No. Ooh. I can try to. I can try to say it three times, but <laughs> then I'm gonna probably like lose my voice afterwards. But either way, like games like Rocket League, um, like they're an indie developer and they, they went from making a game that was on PS Plus and like even Fall Guys, like it, that's an indie game. Fall Guys is an indie game and to have an indie game come out and within 24 hours sit there and have a following already of 1.2 million people is like that's a lot of sales for an indie company. Like a lot. And, and, and that's the big thing. I think really when we're going through these games, and we're talking about our game of the years and things like that. The sad thing is, is this year was really hard to sit there and go. I really liked the first party game from this console as my game of the year, or the game of this generation. A lot of us are going towards, like I say, those where a lot of us are going into the I mean, third it's re- party it's, games. It's really just indie, indie games or games too. Is kind of what like the message should be drawn yeah. home. It's like, they shouldn't be taken as these games that are less than anymore because they're not. They're not. Like, they're not less than anymore. It, it, to say like an indie game wins game of the year, like people would scoff at that in the past. I don't think that's the case anymore. If an indie game were to win game of the year now, like if like if Duck if Duck Game would have won indie game or game of the year last year, I don't think anybody would have cared. The Goose Game. Yeah. Whatever it was called. Unt- yeah. Title Goose Game. Well, the thing is too is like you even look at um. Like I said, we're going a little bit off topic here, but, you know, like we're get, reaching the end of this episode anyway of the show. And the thing is, is like, look at what we've done this gen and moving into the next gen. I think like you look at the PS4. Yes, we, we like PS4. And when the PS4 was about to launch and the Xbox one was about to launch, uh, there was a big push to be like, hey, look at all these indie games. But the last time we saw them and Joe, you remember this for the PS4 uh, launch and the Xbox one launch is when they had the E3 that year. They were like, here's all the indie titles. And they just showed you a wall. And it was just a wall of 30 different developers. And it was like 10 seconds of each game. That was it. That's all we saw. Like, we you never know, saw. You know, what's funny. We're, we're, we're starting to see the fruits of those labor now. Well, that's what I mean. It so this... long to develop an indie game. Well, the crazy thing is, is that that's what we saw for the launch of the PS4 and the Xbox One was these 10 second blips of these indie games. And that's how much time they gave indies. When we watched the PlayStation 5 conference, we watched the Xbox One Series X conference. We're seeing indie games that are getting 
two minute trailers and five minute game demos during one of their big conferences. We never saw this type of publicity for an indie game before. Like it's unheard of. It's like, who is this developer? I don't care. It looks good. Like, like I said, the, the, with the state of play, that's going to be our show for next week. Uh, you guys can hear our opinions on that. Uh, like just to give they, it a little, they really want people, to, they, they really want people to talk about the series X. I swear. So they were like, here, here's all these beautiful ass games that aren't really Xbox games, but here. Yeah, well, but I mean, just like the state of play, right? With the PS, the PS5, uh, we saw a lot of indie games. And like I told Joe after the show, and you guys can hear more about our opinions uh, down to the point next week. Um, I said, this is the first time I've ever been so excited for a third party or indie games in my life. And I think that's the big kind of like the end takeaway part when we're looking at new IPs this year is when we're thinking about new IPs that really came out and we're like, man, those are my game of the year. Those are the games I remember of this generation. It's games that were made by most of them, by indie developers or third party. We're not going like, we're not going, oh man, uh, you know, Detroit, it, it, cha- it did things, but it's not what I'm going to remember going in. Like Joe says, Until Dawn. D- Until Dawn is Joe's game. That was technically an indie game or a third party like it wasn't a big developer that made it like I mean, they're big they're big enough i mean I, w- I wouldn't i mean they're not a huge they weren't big but they're not they're not someone like if you would have said this company's coming out with a game and you had no idea like they said this is the company and you're like okay you got to choose whether to buy it or not buy it just by the company's name you would wouldn't, you, you wouldn't know them right and that's what i'm getting at is like now they're like okay they said tomorrow joe hey guess what we're bringing out another new game that's a sequel to undead 2 you're like okay done gonna buy it like uh yeah if they made it until dawn 2 i would kickstart that shit i'd paid for them to make it that's how much i love that game and i'm not a person that does that i'm really not but i i would say i would say thank you to this generation for giving us so many new and exciting ips to play and it's funny because like last generation was nothing but cut and paste. Like there was like a few new IPs and then it was just like, Hey, let's just make 50 sequels to the same game, wrap it in a package and sell it. Yeah, companies exactly. quickly, companies quickly realized that that was not going to work or fly with this generation. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And like I say, it, we saw a huge bunch of things change this generation. And like I say, it, other than just IPs, I mean, we can have a whole, a whole nother show about what, like go in depth of like what's different about this generation compared to last generation. I mean, what that. would you what would you say is your favorite new IP this generation? If you had to pick one, if I had to pick one, like a game that I'm just like can't go without. Like I said, in all honesty, that I would try to go to Ghost because it's just it's the newest one I've played. Okay, Fair. but I mean, if I was to like. If you were to say, hey, Corey, you know, you got to go back and you oh, get, shit. You get... I got a Nintendo one finally. Oh, OK. Oh, shit. I just thought of one. Octopath Traveler. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah That's yeah. a brand new RPG. I was trying to think of an RPG that was new this generation, too, that yeah, I could it's, think it's... of. Like I said, there's a lot of third party ones like like there's a lot of third party and indie ones. But it's like I say, those ones. Oh, it's just those ones are hard to remember because I mean it's technically always... third party. I mean it's deve- I mean it was produced by Nintendo, but it's technically a Square game. I mean, if I was to really pick Joe, like one of my games, like a game that for me changed 
like I did a lot of things that I really enjoyed and loved. I mean, Neo is one of those ones that I just I, I, I love that game. Oh, Neo was new this generation, too. Yeah. Well, yeah, we talked about that a little bit when it was like it's kind of like Ghost, but I really liked Neo on the idea that it was something that took an existing format, which was like the um, Dark Souls version of it, and then brought it to what I like to play, which is like the samurai slash ninja kind of idea of a game. But it was also a little bit of like the, the, just the polish on it and the idea that like the sequel came out. And I mean, I've really loved that game and spent a ridiculous amount of hours in it. And like when I think of new IPs, that's a game you that never finished I'm like, it, did you? No, I'm still going to never finished it. Did you No. we should go back and finish? We should go back and play that. Yeah, we should. But yeah. I'm going to we're going to take that and end that for this episode this um, week, guys. Thank do, you. Do we have community questions? No, we didn't have any questions, but I will uh, make a shout out. Thank you, guys. Um, I know Roberto put a post out uh, asking your guys' opinions on the show. Uh, we read um, what you guys thought of it. Thank you very much for putting uh, your opinions out there of how to help us uh, become a better podcast for you guys. I mean, you guys are the listeners. Um, as you guys know, you can find us on Twitter um, at GameStuffCast. And also, like I say, our Facebook group where those questions were posted. Um, you just got to look up GameStuff Podcast and you can find us there. Um, I mean, that's where really it was really nice for you guys to interact with us that way and let us know um and yes daryl we are looking at trying to get a shirt uh for uh, uh just dick around um with roberto's face also i want to try to see if i can get one um get a cartoon version of me um in my unicorn onesie that i have uh with uh joe's famous phrase of calling me a sony pony so oh I mean, those are man sh- that would be great those are shirt ideas that we have. Um, we just got to like, you know, get them put together. If you guys want to help that out, uh, you can always sit there and submit your designs of how you would like the shirt to be designed. Because, I mean, really, this is for you guys. Um, if you guys have an idea of what you think the shirt should look like, what colors, you know, like how Dick Around should look or, you know, w- what I should be doing as a Sony pony. Um, you guys can like send us your ideas or send us your drawings of what you would like to do that. Hey, who knows? Maybe it'll become a shirt. Um, and like I say, you guys, um, we can't do this without our parent podcast, um, proven gamer. I mean, you can find him on the proven gamer network, as well as we do have a Patreon at patreoncom slash proven gamer. Um, with that as well, uh, like I say, you guys can always get in touch with us on the Facebook. That's the easiest way. Um, you guys can get in touch with me. I do have my Twitch, which is uh, the Grounded Gamer, no E double D. Um, I also have. Uh, you guys should really just start following us on PlayStation. Um, you know, you can do that. I'm not at 200 friends plus yet, so you can definitely follow me there. Uh, Joe, where can they find you? I mean, you can find me on social media, um, actually not of uh, Twitter and the PlayStation Network at Mr. TMNT84. That's capital M, lowercase r, capital T, lowercase MNT84. That's both on PlayStation and on Twitter. And with that as well, guys, if you do want to uh, help us out by sponsoring as well, we are sponsored by Amazon.com. Just go to the ProvenGamer.com uh, uh, website, click on the Amazon link, and do your sh- shopping like normal. And don't forget also, too, we have a Humble Bundle uh, link as well. You can do the same thing. And then uh, we always do Extra Life. Uh, Extra Life is one of those things where it's a charity for uh, children's hospitals, uh, Canada and the United States. 
Um, and you know what? Just donate to whoever. I I'm honestly don't care if it's to me or if it's to tro- uh, to Proven Gamer or if it's to Trophy Whores, if it's to some guy uh, that you really like to share with. Uh, just, you know, the, the Extra Life is one of those things I really like to push for, forward to. Also, you guys can other, find other shows like Trophy Whores on the Proven Gamer Network and uh, whenever we decide to do it, uh, PG Spoilers. Um, don't forget, our logo is brought to by the great man, uh, Isaac. Um, you can go find his stuff at isaacsago.carbonbag.com. For, um, he's there. I mean, go check him out. Uh, you know, he made our great logo and we'll probably see if he could do designs for shirts too. Who knows? And also too, um, our intro song is by the band Take Away the Ugly. The song is called Don't Panic and you can find them on Bandcamp. Uh, but like always, guys, we'll see you guys on the next episode of Game Stuff. Check you later, guys.